Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your host today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, we got the Week 12 preview. Some of you, it is playoffs for some of you guys. It's just another week. Zach, for us, it's just another week in our home league. It's just another week, and then there's two more weeks of just another week. That's right. I'm taking first place back. Yeah. I'm doing it. Super excited. Sure and my whole thing with that wasn't that those players would have gotten me 30 points to put me in the league this week. Those players playing would have had a chance to put me in shouting distance to actually have a chance to make a move on Sunday. That's where I was coming from with that. So when I pick up players like Hudobin, picked him up last night, fixes, hey, he is slated to play. He is confirmed to play. And then boom, Saturday rolls around. Just because I knew I was working all day today, I wasn't going to have time to be, you know, looking around and like I like to get in depth on my pickups. So this Hudobin thing today really f***ed me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And Hoglander too, man. All the, geez, we're going to have like a, a thought exercise on these fucking Vancouver guys. Like we got, I mean, Markstrom is a, is a big storyline going into it. Uh, but let's do the injuries first. Brandon Tanev returned. Patrick Hornquist, Alexander Barkov returned. Raj, I know you're a huge fan of Nolachari. Like what do you, what do you foresee? Like we never really expected too much offense out of him to begin with. Like, are you off the Ashari bandwagon if there ever was one no way man not uh not till he stops really I mean the main point of him is peripherals anyway so the points are they seem to come in little streaks but if he goes two games with no points then I'll probably drop him but I mean probably you you picked him up for the for the peripheral stuff more than the the offense anyway he blocks like crazy a pretty short leash then yeah well so not much season left. <laughs> Two games without a without a goal, and you're going to drop the poor man, huh? Absolutely. At this point in the season, Toffoli drew back into the lineup today, and Hanhud Obin, Zach, you already kind Ugh. of uh, <laughs> entered COVID protocol. Mikael Backlund day to day undisclosed. Matt Zugrello out tonight day to day. Rupi Hints doing the uh, the out part of the Rupi Hints season. <laughs> uh, Jake Verana, he's a healthy scratch. Just trade him. Just trade him. To who? Just, just trade wire? him. He can, come, he can come to Philadelphia. We're just dropping people like flies. Why the hell not? I don't know. I, I think like in... Okay, so what are you doing in fantasy? I know you want Washington to trade him to us in real life, but like in fantasy, what are you doing? Can you drop him in a one-year league? You're going to have to. I think so. You're going to have to. I hate to say it, but you're going to have to. Which sucks because he really, he really is a fantastic player. And just be this healthy scratch bullshit. No idea what happened to his to his season. I mean, last year the shots were so plentiful, like there was tons of them. I don't know, but like the, like the same way I ate crow on Mantha, I think it's time to eat crow on Verona. Thanks, um, man. Sorry, I'd love to have you sit at my table. Peter Mrazek looking for a return looked fine in the AHL. Still, really no clarity as to what goes on in this uh, three-headed goalie dragon. What do you think? Does Bernier get Moved, they run with three. There's only four back-to-backs for Carolina the rest of the way, so it doesn't really matter. There's not going to be much work. You mean Reimer? Anyway. What did I say, Bernier? I Uh always get those guys mixed up. Reimer, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Always, without fail. The news seems to be that it's more likely that Ned gets moved back down to the AHL, which I still think is a dumb idea, but that's just my opinion. 
I think if there's a market for Reimer, you gotta move Reimer. Like if if there is a market for him, which I which I would imagine there probably would be, move him. Move him. Yeah, there's teams that need goalies. I mean, you look at I mean McElhaney, he's just not good. He's not there. So I don't know what, what the deal is with him. They don't really use him too much, but I imagine if they had like a Reimer, they could. Colorado, the same same deal. Staying in Carolina, Vincent Trocek took power play one back. Martin Nietzsche lost it. With Nietzsche, he collected four power play points in the eight games while Trocek was out. 40% of his power play point total, um, which is like a 40 power play point pace. I kind of already know the answer. Like, I know this makes him less valuable losing power play one. I just want to know how much do you guys see his value dropping? Are we still holding? Am I still holding Nietzsche? Yes, I would still hold Nietzsche. He looked sharp in the game tonight. Yeah, he looked great in that game tonight. He's still playing with your Ajos of the world, you know? And if he's going to have access to Sebastian Ajo, then yes. Yes, then I still want him. I mean, the power play two is like a 20 power play point pace. If you, I mean, if you take away this, like, Trocek injury part of his season or whatever. So he's still on a pretty good roll. Uh, PSA, Kirby Doc is playing with Kane and DeBrancat. So squirt, squirt. Really excited about this one, man. Top power play and top line. Kirby Doc didn't do much today. I think he had like four shots, but uh, I expect good things when you're playing with guys of those caliber. Okay, in in Tampa, there's this guy, Ross Colton, who now has seven points in 11 games. I had, I've never heard of this guy. Zach, like, we, we're pretty big into prospects and things like that. I mean, I, I dove into Tampa's system. All I could really find is like Barbelay and Volkov, who's now in Anaheim. I'd never heard of this guy, but he's like, he's lighting it up. His average time on ice under 10 minutes. You know, I think if people were excited in Wallstrom, I see no reason Ross Colton can't get some love. He's hitting too. <laughs> what do you think? Like his average time on ice is like 945, but he's just got a fuck ton of points lately. Like how deep does the league need to be for you to be interested in this guy? <sighs> under nine minutes a game? Well, no, that's, it's like 945. Hard. Under ten minutes a game? Yeah, under ten minutes. But like you know, You're people single were digit people minutes, were man. really that's excited hard. about hard. Oliver Wallstrom. And I didn't, I didn't pick him up. He had eleven minutes today, so we're on the up. The shot volume is not exactly there. He's hitting once or twice a game, sometimes three, but just that time on ice. You, the production is impossible to ignore, but the time on ice just doesn't scream like sustainable or anything. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't do it. Not yet, at least. So, Raj, Vancouver, they're they're out for a while. Right now, it's just postponed through April 6th. More likely than not, it's going to be a lot longer than that. So this is another three games postponed. You're losing Edmonton. There's a couple Winnipeg games, but Winnipeg got rescheduled to play Ottawa, I think, on Monday. There's There's people out there that think that this could go as much as two weeks. Like, Vancouver and British Columbia is in the middle of the worst part of their COVID outbreak. And then Utica, their AHL affiliate, I think is in New York. So like even to ice a team, you need to wait seven days for the quarantine. So a lot of GMs are wondering at what point do we just cut bait with some of these, these Vancouver Canucks, man, like at what, what level player do you kind of put the, the threshold? Like I, I figure Tyler Mott can probably go. Go on. Oh yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. But like once, once we start getting into like Horvat who's pretty gray. He's a top tier guy if you're in a face-off league, but like, you know, he's kind of a 55 point guy. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one. I mean, 
It really depends on your position. Like, if you're hurting to get into the playoffs, fucking drop everybody and do what you have yeah. to do to get in. Because the problem is the PPD games don't count. You can't do anything with those guys, right? Like, there's, there's no, they don't count as IR plus or anything. So, Horvat, I would be keeping unless you had to drop them. Um, there's usually not a shortage of centers, but um, like I saw Besser go on the wire in a couple of leagues today, which I would take him right back in a heartbeat. Yeah, you almost made a, a trade Tolvanen for him. I was about to trade for him, yeah, exactly. Um, the thing is, I'm I'm anticipating they'll miss four or five games, and then they're going to cram as many of them back in. And by that point, Pedersen will be back, and, and they will have had a good rest. So I think when they do come back, if you can stomach it, the good it could be a good buy low if you can. But on the flip side, if you're trying to get into the playoffs, you kind of have to just get rid of them. Because there's only a week or two left. Yeah. What if this is week one of playoffs for somebody? Well, then they're gone. Yeah, then they got to go. Once the playoffs start, it's like, you know, see It's a free-for-all. Yeah. It's as good as like a public league. It's just anarchy. Me personally, I am willing to drop anybody to make it to the next round of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I will worry about next week when it comes if I'm able to get to it. That's a later Zach problem. I right? will drop I will drop every single one of my players if I have to, except yeah. for Austin Matthews. The keepers stay, but what about like a like I a made Quinn a couple Hughes? of super bold moves today. Quinn Hughes, he, yeah. If it's a categories league, it's not worth it. Yeah. You know? I'm with you though. I think like the the higher you are up in the standings, the longer the leash is mm-hmm. and the less valuable a player, like, you know, you can replace a Mott. You can replace, like, you know, a Hoglander or a Tanner Pearson or, or like, that level of player. But we're talking, like, the Pedersons, the Bessers, the the JT Millers. These guys are, are tough to drop, especially, like, if you're in a keeper league, you're, you're pretty much shit out of luck if these guys are keepers for you. Yeah, it's a tough decision, but it's so situationally dependent. And I think, like you said, if it's a categories league, it's much different with some of the Canucks because Hughes is incredible at power play points and assists, but nothing else. Mott is incredible at hits, but not much else. So it really depends on on those things. And what about like uh, the fact that they're saying this is a the Brazilian strain, the, the one we don't know too much about? Does that is that going to make this worse? No. longer any of that no. jazz i think people are exaggerating a little bit um yeah it, it's like the, when they're saying vancouver's worst you know the worst kind of thing that's ever happened in covid here uh it's still far better than a lot of american cities that have you know what i mean it's it's not as bad as it sounds well they all go to like brazilian steakhouse or something i get the Bra- brazilian strain if we go to covid when the whole team went for Brazilians, they all shared wax strips. That sounds unpleasant. Do not want to go after JT Miller. <laughs> Jordy Ben. No, you don't want you don't want to go after Brayden Holtby. Ooh, yeah. He seems like he's wearing a V neck. It's it's uh fantasy hockey tinder time, Zach. This one's gonna speak to you personally because you have a ton of Jacob Markstrom shares. Are you looking to replace him? He has just yep. not been good anymore. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think you can do it on the wire? Yep. You can do it on the wire by picking up a new damn goalie every day. You could stream that spot, yeah. I love doing it. TJ, You, you. I don't know if you've noticed, but I pick up goalies all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all you the got, time. You got Drieger and uh, 
skeleton crew. And and well, that's the thing. I mean, I definitely I definitely have my favorites for Stranger. Um, UC Soros, I got in on that. Do you have him or does Randy have him? Because I know no, Randy him has him up. because because I was streaming him, and then people started catching wise to my antics, and now I can't get him anymore because Randy kept him. Um, but Soros was Soros was in my mix. Cal Peterson was in my mix. Capo Kakinen was in my mix, and then the same thing happened where I was streaming him in, streaming him out, streaming him in, streaming him out. And then somebody just picked him up and kept him. So I had a whole uh, a bevy of different goalies that I've just been streaming around with. You know, there are definitely ones that I will stay away from. Hell, I got lucky, you know, hunting, picking up Hunter friggin' Miska. You know what I mean? You pick up goalies per situation. Okay? Yeah. You know what? Carter Hart is in a stinker right now, but he's going to come out of it. Pick him up against, you know, a crappy team. Even though they have obviously shown they can lose to the Sabres, they play them enough. Yeah. Pick them up against Sabres. You can pick up people each day to fill that spot. And I've been doing it. So just in terms of this guy or that guy, I have a feeling most of them are going to be uh, that guy. So Markstrom versus Camp Talbot. Camp Talbot. 67%, kind of just in the just-go-check territory. What about you, Raj? Talbot. Talbot. I think that one's easy enough. Jack Campbell, 66% owned, undefeated, but it's only eight games. I just don't trust Jack Campbell. I don't know why. Like, I, I'm a Toronto fan. I'm happy he's doing well. It's kind of rooting against him last night because I was looking for a hell of a buck win. But for some reason, I just don't trust Jack Campbell, uh, especially him being in the same, you know, hard North division as Markstrom is. Uh, I don't know. Something about it. I'm going to take a hard pass on both. <laughs> I'd go Cam- Campbell in a second. I think so, too. 66% own Jack Campbell. 62% UC Soros. Hot as they come right now. What yeah. do you say? Soros. 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 Same. Vitek Vanacek, 67% owned. Uh, I'm not it on Vanacek. As good as Washington is, I just can't trust their goalies. Like they'll win and have an eight fifty save percentage. Yeah, I'm not. I'm mm. sorry. I'm not an Alberta check. I will say that. Peter Mrazek. Pass. Over. You'd rather stick with Marshall? Yes. I'd rather have Mrazek. Yeah, I'm holding Mrazek on an IR. That's hard to believe one. that you of all people, TJ, would say that. Given how bad Marshall has been lately, like it's not like there's a ton of wins right now. And Morazic is the coming guy. back after you know Morazic's coming back after having thumb surgery. You don't know exactly how he's going to come right back. I only got him in the pick, AHL I, right now. I can't pick Morazic right now. Can't do it. I also don't think that Morazic is really all that great of a goalie. Yeah, I think this one's a little. He's he's kind of over over representing his own numbers this year. I can't wait. I can't wait. Come on, keep saying them. Come on. <laughs> this one's on. going to be easy. I, I know this one. Um, goalies under 50%. 47% owned. I'm going to read you the stats first. 5-2-0 in their last eight. 5-3-0. Uh, you already know. You already know who it is. 5-3-0 <laughs> in their last nine. Today he got blown up. 9-64 before today. Two shutouts. Has not had a below... 9.33 appearance in eight appearances. So that goes all the way back to February 11th. Today would be the first instance. Casey to Smith. Who would you prefer 
uh, Markstrom or DeSmith? You asking me? Do you really need to ask me this question? my question. (laughs) Do you really need to ask me this question? I mean, I guess not, no. No, I'm not choosing Casey DeSmith. I'm choosing Mike Rogerson over Casey DeSmith. (laughs) How do you fare in goal, Rog? Ooh. Goals allowed average of all of you them. Pro- you you very well might you very well might have done better against the Bruins today than than Casey DeSmith did. Yeah, no shit. And I mean, He's... Jari's right around the corner, so yeah, hopefully at least. Man, I right. love seeing that. Except for the about... fact that Pasternak got a whole bunch of those points. How about Ilya Sorokin? Forty-five percent. He had a really bad start against Pittsburgh. Uh, that broke in. Eight game winning streak in which he had a nine forty four and two shutouts. Just beat the Flyers tonight in the shootout. Sorokin or Markstrom? Uh, Markstrom for volume, I guess. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super high on Sorokin. At least not this year. I'm not either. Not not until Varlamov is out of the picture and it's the Sorokin show. Yeah, I think if if you're in like a rates league versus like a counts league, I think Sorokin makes sense. But if if you're looking for volume, then it's Markstrom all the way. All right, this one's gonna it's gonna curdle some milk, I think. Uh, Linus Olmark, nine twenty three since returning from injury, nine twenty on the year. Wins aren't gonna be there, but they're not there for Markstrom either. What do you say? No, no, thank I, you. I'll at least pick the team that I I know for a fact that Calgary is better than Buffalo. I will take that. Calgary. I'll agree there. Yeah. All right, Merzlikens, forty nine percent owned. He's got a 917 on the year. I couldn't really put together like a sell other than just his uh, save percentage. So Merzlikens or Markstrom? I'd rather have Corpusalo. I wonder what his ownership is. I think it's it's like 49% or something. I do just think Markstrom. he's a better goalie than Merzlikens is. Corpusalo, 47. So, I mean, you could really have either. I would rather have Corpusalo than Merzlikens. Uh, Merzlikens been a lot better lately. Don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, so another PSA. Alexander Volkov was traded to Anaheim. He debuted on a line with Lundestrom and Comtois. It's nothing really here yet or anything, but I am excited to see him with Comtois. Maybe in like super deep, deep leagues, this could have some relevance or in Dynasty or something like that. Uh, another one here is that Nathan Beaulieu is out for the season in Winnipeg. It doesn't really have a ton of fantasy implications. It just kind of strengthens the urgency of a move for D. So I do think that Winnipeg is going to come out strong, looking at like Savard or Ekholm here in the next couple in the next couple weeks. Last one is Nikita Gusev clearing waivers. Uh, I mean, he he had the same term. Well, he had the same cap hit as as ghost but i think he his contract's up at the end of this year so it's just weird like a lot of teams looking for depth scoring maybe gusev was mismanaged in new jersey i think we're not going to see a ton like this is kind of the perfect time to waive players because there's not a ton of teams that you know don't have max contracts at this point like if they have to pick somebody up they have to waive somebody of their own to send them back down so it's just i don't know weird give and take i don't think we'll see a lot of waiver action all right. Should I do it? Or should I just wait? Should You should do it. All right. On the topic of vetoes. So, I, I mean, I do wish that we'd have saved this one for the crossover show that Brandon had talked about um, 
you know, in the latest Fantasy Hockey Podcast episode, uh, Brandon brought up the fact that uh, he and I disagree on on Vitos. And I think it does come down to just a, a fundamental disagreement that kind of started at the beginning of our conversation. Like as, as the conversation went on, there was more and more specifics laid out and the black and white stance that he had at the beginning kind of started to turn a little gray and there was more common ground, I think, as the exchange went on. Anybody that's not in the loop, you know, Brandon and I got into a pretty healthy portion of Devil's Advocate on Twitter about, about Vitos. It stemmed from a tweet where a basement team sent Mika Zibanejad to a playoff team for Jordan Stahl. That is a perfect example of bullshit right there. That's a perfect example of a bullshit trade, and I'll give you that. That's You are perfectly allowed to veto, but it's the whole blanket statement of all trades should be vetoed Yeah, between a team going to the playoffs and a team not going to the playoffs. It, it almost seemed like maybe I was trying to defend this trade. I don't think this trade was fair whatsoever like if this trade was between the first place and the third place team it, it deserves just as much scrutiny as if it were between like a podium team and a basement team so you know brandon started off with kind of a veto all trades between mathematically eliminated teams and playoff teams take which you know just so i'm not being reductive the stance evolved to more and more specifics as as the debate kind of went on so i don't want to shoehorn him into that take uh, which was more black and white and like i said there was more gray that kind of came down. So obviously it's not a fair trade. Stolfers a Benajad, but you know, even if it were a trade between those two playoff teams, I'd have had the same level of skepticism. Then a Reddit thread came up about, um, I think the trade was like Carter Verhage and Radko Gudis for Martin Nietzsche and Matt Grizzlick. OP, his league, everybody was up in arms for the Gudis side. They were like, this guy wins. The Gudis side wins a hundred percent. And like at first oh, man. glance, I th- and here and here, I actually thought they were going to be pissed about the other side. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because it's I like, think that I think that Nietzsche's Grizzly wins. Me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's legible arguments for both sides of this trade, and you know, there was almost echo takes, like almost word for word. You know, I, I think this trade was 100 percent even, but just because it was between a top team and a basement team, it was almost like this shouldn't be allowed. I just I don't see a reason. I don't see it. Like some some GMs just use this veto option because they're intimidated by any team getting better. You know, it's always guys behind the fact or the the reasoning. Oh, I'm protecting the the integrity of the league. I don't think so. I think the people that are butt hurt are protecting their the integrity of their chances to win. So I like they're using the veto option as like a butt hurt button. That's kind of like exactly why I think trades between two consenting adults should be more often than not just allowed. And again, I'm not saying like stall for Zabenejad was fair or that like blatantly obvious trades shouldn't should be automatically allowed. I'm not saying like allow all trades or any of that kind of thing, but it's just that those trades deserve a little more extra scrutiny. What is it? It's like in the in the playoffs or the last five minutes of the game, all goals are reviewed, all of them. The same thing should be said for for fantasy hockey, like all trades in the last couple weeks should deserve a little extra scrutiny. In my opinion, vetoes are only for collusion. This is a take you're going to hear almost unanimously throughout the community. Like, if if I win this year and you give me Zibanejad, I'll give you stall and I'll give you X percent of the winnings. Like, that's something that happens in the back door. Zach, we've said time and time again, there was that Sean and Richie trade. Like, yeah, years I'll, and years I'll, and years I'll ago. give you, I'll give you Zibanejad and you give me stall and an eighth. Yeah, if you give me an eighth a week, <laughs> I'll give you this guy. I got the fucking waiver wire, or you give me this guy you got off the waiver wire. 
that kind of shit happens, right? A hundred percent. I think they can also be applied to teams that are like, have been inactive all year and then just randomly log on and then trade Zibanejad for stall. It's like one of those, it's kind of like a rage quit, you know, rage quits or <laughs> who was it a couple years ago, Zach, that just dropped everybody on the team. Just dropped his entire team. Yeah. <laughs> just in the middle thinking. of the night, just dropped everybody. Yeah. Like Jesus, I I I'm I'm gonna put in this waiver claim for Leon Dreisaitl, but I know Fucking I'm not it. gonna get him. Yeah, like. so it's like, you know, rage quits and and random you know inactive members that that log on just to trade Connor McDavid for scraps. I think vetoes are are more than applicable there, man. But also, I I put it at this earlier. Remember what what I said? My initial reaction was there is such a thing as upgrading your keepers. Okay. Yeah. So I can, I can, uh, you can trade me a, say I'm not making the playoffs. You trade me Nikita Kucherov for, you know, somebody that'll help you now. Yeah. I'll, I'll trade, I'll trade you. I'll trade you, you know, two, two pretty damn decent players that aren't really going to do anything for me now, but they will help you now. When Nikita Kucherov is going to help me all next year. Yeah, I think keepers and like dynasties is a little bit different because it's all weighted out over time. But in like one year leagues with with no long term implications or stuff like that, because you could you could easily wait like, you know, if it was Jordan Stahl and a first round pick and a keep three for Mika Zibanejad, then it starts to make a little more sense. You know, you're getting a de facto fourth round pick and things like that. I think number one, you can you can solve this problem with like out of playoff teams by just moving up the trade deadline. Just move up the trade deadline. It doesn't make sense to me to have like a pretend trade deadline for teams that are out of the playoffs and then have a real one for everybody else. That seems unfair, especially if it's a trade that makes sense for both sides. It's just I, I think the issue here is with incentivizing Zach in our home league. You know, winner of the losers bracket gets first overall next year. And of course, this this is not going to apply to like public leagues that are just fucking anarchy to begin with. They're so wild. People are dropping Svechnikov. People are dropping Dougie Hamilton. Like it is the Wild West in these fucking public leagues. So I can see he being a little trigger happy with the veto because you don't know these guys. And like, you know, you don't want you want to have fun. You want to still be able to have fun. There's no stopping a guy from creating 12 email accounts or 11 email accounts and just going 11 V1 and stacking his team. So it's like. In, in public leagues and stuff like that, I could see it. So I see the issue being with incentivizing people to be active. <laughs> you know, if you have inactive GMs, that's that's a problem in and of itself. That's not a problem with trades. That's not this, that, or the other thing. Like, inactive GMs should be either replaced or phased out, whatever. Uh, if you have somebody who's trying and just gotten shit luck, like Zach, Charlie always sets his lineups. But he's like 1-11 and 11 this year. He's bad at drafting. He's really bad at drafting. <laughs> but his team, like, he always tries. If, like, if he tries to make a trade, I think, uh, you know, I've been up and down his team. He, he doesn't have the greatest players. And that's another thing is, like, you know, how, how much better can a team actually get from the last place team? You know, if he were to try and make a trade with me or with you, two guys at the top, I don't know. If, if it's fair, I'm going to let it go through. That's just how it is. If it's fair, just let it go through. You know, yeah. he is statistically out. But he's always setting his lineups. You know, he's a day trader on the on the waiver wire. Like he does stuff. He just is. He's bad. He's bad at this. But he always tries. <laughs> he always tries. Like if he tries to make a trade to make his team better, 
I don't see what the big issue is. The point of a veto and the point of a commissioner is to take care of trades that are obviously collusion, obviously ridiculous, like a, a Zabinijad for whoever. Um, but if both sides have a reason for their trade. But when you're wearing your GM hat, when you're wearing your GM hat more than you're wearing your your commissioner hat, when you're thinking about your own personal well-being and not wanting somebody else to get better and letting that affect your decision as a commissioner, that's where your problem arises. Well, that's a whole different problem. I just I see it as a systemic issue with GMs. Like if if you're worried that your first place team is going to take advantage of a last place team, the problem is not that there's no rule to stop that. The problem is your first place team is a douchebag. Yeah, exactly. For trying to take the last place player for for a fucking ride. So it's a systemic issue with the GMs. Get a good group and you're good to go. And again, in public leagues, fucking fire away with those vetoes because I have no idea what kind of frittatas are in that league. Yeah, uh, but yeah, to me, it's it's the GMs. If they're making shady trades and vetoing the shitty trades isn't going to fix the issue. It's just you still have shitty people in your league. The bigger issue there is is the people, the lack of incentivization. Like if you don't have incentives in place to keep people active all year, I think that's an issue too. Telling the last place team, you know, and and I've heard that uh, most of these teams are inactive anyway, and that to me files under kind of a, a collusion in and of itself. Is you know this guy was inactive all year, that's why he's in last place and already statistically eliminated. To me, that's a vetoable offense. You know, logging on randomly just to trade somebody good for somebody not good, like that in and of itself is vetoable. But you know, if somebody like our buddy Charlie is statistically eliminated but wants to make his team better so he can win the consolation bracket, I'm going to let him. I just, I can't imagine, like, if I told him, hey, you can't trade, you can't do anything outside of the waiver wire, like, good luck with John Marino, you know, wh- where's his motivation? Where does it go? Probably not to the league. He, you know, he's he's already made his bed with this 1-11 record, or how is he going to be motivated to set his lineups and this is a good kid like he always sets his lines so he, he's he's not just kind of a zombie here if i told him no you can't trade no you cannot make your team better uh even if it's fair where does that go like where where do the the pros and cons go like if if he if he makes a lopsided trade to team number one we still have two weeks before our playoffs so like if he makes a lopsided trade and makes one team marginally better or if i tell him no you cannot play anymore like you can't you can't trade you can't make your team better but please can you can you set your lineups for the next couple weeks because i don't want you handing out wins to your next two opponents which could change the standings like which one is more detrimental making one team a little bit better like i get it like zabenejad for stall that one is crazy lopsided one team getting better versus handing out wins and being a bye week for the next couple of weeks is to me, that is more detrimental. And if I, if I can, you know, kind of dumb it down to the, the Sims, the video game. Uh, if I tell him that that's, that's a minus heart, you know what I mean? Like he just doesn't, he, he likes the league less over time. That kind of breaks a camel's back. It just does nothing for motivation. Even if I tell him like, you know, gear up for the, consolation bracket so you can get first overall next year with with John Marino or I would feel bad for the kid number one you're telling him to to lay in his bed and two 
you're telling him to enjoy it at the same time. Like, hey, please set your lineups. So like, yeah, look at it. Phil Kessel, Nick Schmaltz. None of these guys are saving your team. Matthias Janmark is is the third best player available. None of these guys are going to be helping him win the consolation bracket. So, you know, just put other rules in place, is my opinion. Incentivize the, the consolation bracket or, you know, find guys that aren't shady. You know, that to me seems like probably the most important thing to do. I don't know. I, I think this is kind of a smokescreen in front of the bigger issue to me, which is making a consolation bracket, getting, you know, the winner of the loser's bracket have a role. Nobody likes to finish last. That's a big part of it, too. So if you can make your team marginally better versus telling them straight up, the only way that you can make your team better is the waiver wire. Like they're a last place team. You know, John Marino is not going to put them any higher. You can't fix a team or get better from the waiver wire because if you could, they wouldn't be on the waiver wire. So telling it, telling a team straight up, like you can't trade to me is just, it's, it's a little bit silly. I really wish we could have had this, you know, discussion in the debate like we uh, like was planned. Disagreement is pretty on brand for us, so I think it would have been a good time. Felt a little clapback was was warranted, but uh, anyway, let's 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 do the week preview. What do you say, boys? Get into it. Thanks for bearing with me on that one. Ever changing week preview. <laughs> Fuck. Things can obviously change. Vancouver at this point was slated to have two games played, but more likely than not, they're going to have zero. And uh, actually, looking at the overall numbers, too, I think Vancouver was slated to play all the heavy nights, so all the heavy nights just got a little less heavy. There you go. I think, so it looks I think like, they were playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah, they'll, they'll only move to nine games, if I'm seeing it right. So there's yeah. st- they won't be necessarily off nights, but they'll be a little bit lighter, like you're saying. Yeah, that, yeah That's going to be this two whole- Calgary games. Calgary could effectively have one game this week. And they're terrible. Zach, if you got to go take the dogs for a poop, have at it. Okay. <laughs> Is Karina well, not there? I she can't, I would, she I can't figured, take him? No, she's, she's working out right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I hear them. I hear the, like I can hear them whining. Yeah, and I don't want to go down there and be poop in, in the living room or have her go down there first because then she will That's just yell at That's a big issue, yeah. 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 Do your thing. Do your thing. I'll be right back. A room full of dog shit's about the same as talking about Calgary anyways. (laughs) All right, so the week breakdown. Damn, um, man. Like Raj was just saying, Monday, Wednesday, Friday are the only true off nights. Is that right? No, Monday, Wednesday, and Sunday. So Friday is a little heavier, uh, but eight, eight games on Friday. So it's like as close to an off night as you can get. As far as games played leaders, Boston and Philly have five games. Uh, three against each other. So obviously good things for Boston because they get to play Philly three times. I hate that that is a thing I can say this year. Uh, Four games played, Arizona, Buffalo, Colorado, Dallas, Los Angeles, Minnesota, Montreal, New Jersey, Nashville, the New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Vegas, and Washington. Just assume that a lot of teams are going to have four games going forward. (laughs) It's almost going to be like the new three. We're getting into the point of the year where all the teams that were, or all the games that were rescheduled are kind of like getting airdropped into this portion of this of the schedule. So a lot of teams are going to have four games going forward, uh, which means we're probably going to lose a lot of off nights here. Uh, and Vancouver is is kind of the worst schedule to have this week because they don't have any games. The the leaders in off nights, four games, three off nights, Vegas, Colorado, Arizona, four games, two off nights, LA, Ottawa, Minnesota, St. Louis, and Montreal. 
to me, like looking through, seeing these easy weeks, like trying to pair quantity with uh, quality here. I like Boston. They got five games. They get to play Philly yeah. three times. That's uh, it's pretty choice, if I don't say so myself, which sucks. I think Boston's got a pretty easy one. L.A. looks to have a pretty easy one, too. They got Arizona twice, and they're on like their third string goalies. And then two games against San Jose, Pittsburgh, two against the Rangers, two against New Jersey, uh, Vegas, two St. Louis, two Arizona. I'm kind of including St. Louis during their cold streak as like one of the easier teams to play, uh, but it remains to be seen. That can change at any point. Colorado's got two Minnesota and two Anaheim, which looks mm. pretty sweet. Nashville, they got two Detroit, which is enough to outweigh that uh, that Tampa <laughs> game that they have. So that's kind of why I like them. Any schedules here that you kind of were digging on? Uh, the only other one I kind of added into that mix was um, Edmonton. And it's not a, a heavy schedule. It's just they get the two Ottawas and they get uh, Montreal. And they're all three towards the start of the week, so you can still drop them and pick up someone later in the week. So Edmonton, if you want to use it in your streamer spot and then sub it out after that. Yeah, Zach, after uh, he's done taking the dogs out, he's got like a like a first half, second half kind of guys to to chew on. So let's start off with Boston, who objectively has the best schedule by way of volume and value. Uh, who do you like? Man, I can't believe we still have to keep saying it, but Nick Ritchie's doing well again. You know, only three points in the last five for Ritchie, but uh, four shots a game, um, lots of hits, and he's playing with Krejci and Pasta right now, uh, which yeah, that call second, it the second line's line. Yeah, that's strange. I don't yeah, know why they got Pasta second line down there. If you want, but fuck, take it, <laughs> man. That's pretty pretty tight. And he's on PP1 again, so so he's uh, a good choice, good all-round uh, coverage uh, in a lot of different uh, categories. And then Mr. Streamer, Krejci, on that same line. Yeah, buddy. Brought him up last episode, same deal. Uh, just that second line, that's great for Krejci and Richie to get past on the line instead of Jake DeBrusque is a slight upgrade, I would say. So I don't, I don't mind it so much for Craig Smith either. Like, you know, the, the top line kind of, broke out of their funk, so I imagine they put that top line back together. Uh, seven goals today will do that for you. I think um, you know, Marchand had a hat trick. Between the three of them, they had like five goals or something. But uh, just looking at Smith, he's he's a volume shooter more than more often than not. He's over two shots a game lately. I know he's like one of those um, shots on goal per 60 kind of darlings too, but he's got four points in his last five plus whatever he did today. A uh, little bit of hits, nothing, nothing spectacular. But, you know, if he's playing top line, I don't mind him so much, even if he's playing second line, if he's playing with Krejci and, and Richie. You know, Krejci's got to assist on somebody's goals. He's not scoring them, so <laughs> might as well be Smith's. Line one right now, power play two. If he's power play two, line two. He's kind of a deep cut at 6%. But I'm with you, man. Like, Richie, he had two assists today. Um, power play one's enough to sell me on him. Boston's got a great schedule down the stretch. And they got five games this week, so... Somebody like Richie that's going to contribute to a bunch of categories, hopefully power play points as well, being on that power play one. I think there's no better ad here. And I mean, Macro is like 50% power play one defenseman, um, two goals in his last five games on 14 shots, you know, four hits, four blocks. He's, he's never been too much for the crunch, but power play one QB, you got to be able to go for it, especially at 50, like one of every two leagues he's available. Oh, yeah, on that Boston power play. Absolutely. There are... Two sets of back-to-backs here. 
I, I don't know if Rask is going to be back, so let's just play, you know, the back-to-back game with uh, with Danny Vladar. Would you take him up against Philly? Because both yes. of the back-to-back sets include Philly, and I would put Philly as the weaker team. In terms of wins, yeah, good bet, I would say. I would say, yeah, actually. They've been turning up the shots, too, so I, I, I could see a scenario in which, the, you know, he gets a bunch of saves as well. And Boston just knows how to play really good hockey. So any goalie they put in there is going to do just fine. And I think they're actually like a mature enough team who can actually help. Like if they throw Vladar in there, I think Boston's actually a team who's good enough and experienced enough to actually protect a guy. You know what I mean? And wouldn't ruin their game. So I would do it. This conversation probably goes out the window if uh, if it's like Rask and Halak because Halak's no. pretty widely owned. So you don't really... There's not a bunch of availability with him. All right. How about uh, what would you imagine your next team to be? Uh, well, a team that I like. I like Pittsburgh. All right. Pittsburgh's got a decent schedule. Casey DeSmith's the best goalie in the world. Um, Zach just got done dealing with dog shit. Now you want to bring him into a dog shit. <laughs> I want to like talk about more dog shit. Um, no, I like uh, I like Pittsburgh. Um they got uh, a couple against the Rangers, a couple against uh, New Jersey. Um, even though the Rangers have been hot offensively, they're still not the tightest de- defensive team. No, only with a one Sunday off night, so that's not you know amazing. But Pittsburgh's just been on a tear. They've been really good uh, last few games. Um, and there's a couple of guys that you can actually get. I mean, the biggest one for me is Jared McCann right now. Not a name yeah, I usually he has just like been, to bring up. He's been unreal. Stacking up points he, like crazy. Like, they've loaded him into Malkin's spot, and he's getting Malkin numbers, actually, for the moment. <laughs> Definitely do not want to say he's uh, as good as Malkin. But for now, 17% owned. He's three goals, three assists in the last seven games. Um, getting, like, three shots a game. Fuck, man. Power play one center, line two center and Pittsburgh. Uh, the whole team seems to be just kind of on a on a bit of a burner right now, finally, after a two-thirds of a shit year, which is fairly Pittsburgh-like to go through big wide swings as a team. 17% on, very available as well. Yeah, and the one very, 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 very available guy just to go deep is uh, Zach Aston Reese, 1%. Why? <laughs> Why is just three goals and an assist in the last few games and All right. 18, 18 shots and 17 hits? He's playing 16, 17 minutes a night now. And he hits a lot, and for some yeah. reason, he's riding on the wave with the rest of the team and getting a few points. He's definitely like a stretch pick. <laughs> yeah, he's but, a uh, he's a PK guy, so yeah. there will be there will be hits, there will be blocks. Yeah, I like Jason Zucker in this situation too. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask in reference to McCann, like how sturdy do you think that top power play spot is with Zucker being healthy again? The way he's been performing, I'd say, why would you disrupt the way things have been going? Even semi-long-term, not very stable. I don't think they're counting on Jared McCann to center Pittsburgh's top unit for too long. I think that's the... Yeah, no, with Crosby on there, right? Face-offs are more than taken care of. I I just worry for a little bit like if Zucker comes back. But, Zach, I think you're on the right track, man. Zucker's a pretty good look. Zucker's pretty available at around 30%. Uh, and even though he, he didn't get anything in this game, as you know, most of Pittsburgh didn't either, he still had a pretty good game today. What, four shots, four hits? Pretty solid showing. He's still going to be on that second line. 
He has a point since coming back, and I think that it will continue as that top six rounds out. Yeah, the minutes came up in a big way for him, too. Like, he'd been seeing 13 minutes, 14 minutes. Today was 18. 18. Yeah, Yeah, you see it reflected in the shots totals. That's kind of what he's known for is just shot volume. So another, would you say, four hits today? That brings him up to... Mm -hmm. He hits way more than I thought. Nine hits in three games, so... Yeah, he hits a lot, eh? Not too bad, yeah. And I mean, there's always an outside chance that he could get moved up to power play one, but I think they're pretty they're pretty set on Jared McCann having two face off options up on the top power play. Can't go wrong too much. Uh, YouTube question here is Krug a drop in a banger league, like getting very frustrated with seeing only one to two shots per night. Not much else. I think depending on your replacement value, like who who are you considering replacing with replacing with Zadorov? Just yeah, for I mean, if if you're if you're looking at just hits, there's a lot of people you can replace him with. Yeah, well, I mean, Krug's getting you shit all right now. The odd assist, and that's yeah, <laughs> something yeah. a lot of guys can get. Yeah, it's it's no Boston top power play. You know what I mean? Sad St. Louis, dude. I got I got a few defensemen on my list here. I take it you guys already talked about Boston, didn't you? We did. Did you have anything to add? I hope that you talked about David Krejci. We did. Oh yeah. Made you proud. Thank God, because he has 10 points in his last seven games. Did he score a goal today? He did. He scored a goal and an assist. No way. Second goal of the year. Go, buddy. Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had 10 points in his last seven games. Nine of them were assists. But I don't care. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't fucking care. Man's getting points. Points are points, man. I like Man's, points. I like points. Uh, where were we? We were in, in Pittsburgh. Like I said, I, I kind of been thinking about John Marino. I think before we went on the air. Oh, shit. I think my wife must be home. <laughs> did you hear that? I thought Desi fell off the couch. He's like right I above me. I did hear it. Yeah, dude's freaking out. So she must be home. <laughs> no chance Desi's still sleeping. But yeah, I think in Pittsburgh, McCann and, and Zucker are, are the two options. So you said he was 30% in ESPN. He's 9% in Yahoo. So a little bit of uh, availability there. <laughs> I hear this nerd just run around like a dickhead uh, in <laughs> Vegas. Uh, the Chandler Stevenson fallout. So he's already served one game. He's serving the other one as we speak. So he's going to be back on Wednesday. Who do you guys like? Like, would you would you do a one game stream of Cody Glass as a top line center? Uh, you you want it? No. You want to say yes, don't you? Like you you want to say yeah. yeah, yeah, and I. That's such a risky one, but it could be a it could be a risk that'll pay off. I'm down I mean, for some top line. line in between Mark Stone and Patches. It's worked for Stanler Stevenson. I, mean, I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean the deployments there. I just need yeah. the the production to follow. So you know what? Yeah, I'm down for a little one day stream just to see what's going on. What's he out on the With, the power play? Um, second power play, so not too bad. They do like to split. That well, he was on PP. the second power play before. I don't think that changed. Yeah. Well, fucking Riley Smith. Right now, like uh, Willie K is about fifty percent, fifty four percent. Yeah, I'd go for um, him he's too, been, man. Just he's been really points. good. Six points in his last seven. Yeah, and you know what? I was just—I mean, maybe it's my situation because I have so many Pedersen and Eichel shares that I've actually been having to stream centers, and he's one I've relied on. And right now, um, for whatever reason, probably because they're smart. Uh, Vegas has kind of gotten away from the two PP thing. Uh, they've loaded up the top one a little bit more than usual with. Oh yeah, Riley Smith, what a weapon! Is he on the top again? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's changed from when I looked. Uh, but when I when I was looking at it uh, earlier today or maybe last night, he was uh, he was centering it, and uh, the second one was okay, but they definitely leaned more on the top one. But either way, I mean, the, either power play is pretty good there. But yeah, Willie's been uh, Willie's been doing really well lately. What do you guys think about Alex Tuck? He is either hot or he's cold. Right now he's cold, but he is liable to go hot at any point. What do you think? <sighs> You're a lot higher than than I am on Alex Tuck. I know I know that for certain. Yeah, and I'm kind of like I'm at a meh right now. I'm I'm not in on Alex Tuck right now. It's hard for me to be in on Alex Tuck even when he is hot, because I know that the bottom's just going to fall out at any given moment. It will happen when you pick him up too. <laughs> Tell me about it. How about Stevenson when he gets back? Any interest there from you guys? Yeah, for a stream. Line one power play, whichever power play is on. I'm I'm fine with that. So I like Braden McNabb for Cody Glass. Braden McNabb for Bangs. At this yeah, point. there's there's good crunch with that. Let's go to the Los Angeles Kings. Man, they have uh, they got two off nights, both of which are against the Arizona Coyotes. So Zach, I'd wonder if this would fall under your like early week streams, but they do finish the week two heavy nights against San Jose. So it's like it's pretty enticing, even though they are kind of heavier nights. Alex Iafalo, fifteen percent in in yahoo he's back on the schneid he's doing it so i don't think there's anything to hate here really like he's got three points in his last six 13 shots so over to a game never been much for crunch but you know line one power play one can't really go wrong well if you're looking for crunch you go austin wagner at zero percent owned <laughs> is where you go for the crunch and there's the classic jeff carter yeah but you he's know? like been cold all year he has been, except for if you're in a Cats league, his shots do actually move the needle. Like, he gets enough shots, even though he doesn't score any of them anymore. He actually gets enough shots to, to put a dent in that one category for you. That's But it's true. He doesn't actually score ever. What's nice is with during this cold streak, Dustin Brown is starting to creep back into, like, just-go-check territory. Leads the team in shots over the last two weeks. Uh, he's second in hits. I don't know. I, I'm still pretty in on Dustin Brown. I don't know why. Uh, you know, obviously you want to ditch cold streaks going into this this stretch here. But I think Brown, like you were saying, can move the needle. Especially like if, you know, if he's available, the shots and the hits are enough. Line one, power play one. Matt Roy, 2%. Banger D. He's been doing it lately, too. Mm, couple good, of goals Good blocks, in the last couple six goals. Games. Don't know why. Maybe don't even a little happened. Jared Anderson Dolan, if you will. Woo. You want to you want to go deep? That's deep. You want to go yeah, deep? I, mean, but I got the, him but, in a couple dynasties. But the hits are decent. He's gonna throw it. Yeah, he's gonna, hits, gonna throw blocks. in a block every now and then. Um, and the shots are okay too. Right now he's getting second line. It's okay. Yeah, you're not wrong. In, in between Adnasiu, which uh, is a a vi- you know a viable pickup of ours that we throw out there sometime, and uh, Adrian Kempe, who has been on our Kempe, yeah. on our hot guy check-in multiple weeks. On on the cold guy check-in right now. Not doing too much, but that's that's exactly what you get with Kempe. And Anderson Dolan gets second power play time. Just throwing it out there. That's interesting. They have so many Andersons. But only one. Mikey Anderson, Anderson Jared Dolan. Anderson Dolan, Elias Anderson. Uh, we did Pittsburgh. Let's talk um, Colorado. The headline here is Jonas Donskoy. Hmm. He is... Still worth checking in on. He jumped up to 56% rostered 
and all for good reasons, man. Oh, wow. He is he's worth every penny at this point. But this one just has another flavor. Like you feel like it's just gonna stop at any given point, but it just hasn't. So I mean, go for it. He's shooting twenty seven percent, but he's got shot volume to back it up. He's got twenty six shots in his last uh, eight games. This is that's five shots back at McKinnon. If you want to talk about you know shot volume and that kind of thing, he's got more, like. <laughs> that that's not something that usually happens is somebody pacing McKinnon here. But yeah, he's he's second on the team in shots over the last two weeks. Uh, the points are pretty stellar. He's second on the team or third on the team in points just because Landis Gog's also been on a fucking heater. Yeah, boys. Anybody else worth checking in on? I mean, our regular Andre Burakovsky. Yeah, I was going to say, but, you can't, uh, you can't nah. forget about Burakovsky here. He's like a must when it comes to streamers in Colorado. Just gotta Nikushkin, bring him up. boys. Nikushkin. Nikushkin. Hey, he's playing. He's seven playing points in seven games. Yeah, right. Seven points in seven games. Like, what's crazy though is he has like zero hits because the whole team is just scoring. Like nobody's. They, they, people have been saying Colorado's even been playing good D, but they're not. They're they're just so fucking dominant right now. The other team is literally just not touching the puck. It's nuts. A couple of their recent games, the shot totals have looked like there's an error on the sheet. And it's just because like guys like Nikushkin and Donskoy and that, they're not playing any D. Everyone is just going full offense. And they're yeah, not getting burned. They're not getting burned by it. Their goalies have been fine. Hey, he's already and, got two uh, shots tonight. Yeah, man, they're good. He's He's been really good. Um, and, you know, just a side note in the whole thing, what is really – just showed you how how well that whole fucking team is. A Colorado defenseman caught Quinn Hughes in points last night, and it wasn't Makar. <laughs> is it Gerard? Yeah, dude. Gerard is pacing with Quinn Hughes, not Makar. I mean, Makar missed a bunch. He'll catch him now at this point. But yeah, like that's how strong the whole team is. I have no words to describe Gerard's season. He's on the top pairing, sure. Maybe he's getting that, like you know, the Ryan Graves spot from last year. Power play two on top of it. He's got a power play point in his last two weeks, but he's got six assists. Man, I have I have no words for his season. He's he's good, and Colorado is a juggernaut. Well, right their now. top they three really lines really are fantastic. They have one of the best third lines in all of hockey. That'll do it. There's nobody he's playing with that can't score goals. I got Nashville up next solely for those two Detroit games. Like they they don't have a bunch of, of off nights or anything until Sunday, so maybe for a spot stream. You know, coming then, but I mean, Nashville's Nashville's exciting to talk about right now. Like Soros is heating up, Ellie Tolvanen ripping it up as well. Got another, a, got another power, power play, play goal, goal tonight. tonight. Okay, actually, real quick, oh this I, I want to ask you a question first. I want to get your guys' thought on this. So Nashville has been constantly talked about as seller, 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 seller. Are they not looking to sell anymore? Are they maybe even looking to buy? Like, what What in the world is going on here? Dude, I, I, funny enough, I had the same question to bring up to you guys because they're one of these teams that you're typically pretty amped on, Zach. Like, they're pushing. These are one of the teams that could push. The only problem I could foresee is, you know, if they push in as the fourth seed, then they got Tampa in the first round. You know, well, Tampa has obviously really proven doing? that it's either boom or bust for them. They're either going to win the cup or get you know, beat by a way lesser team. I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to push with what they have though. I think Nashville is going to use it as a chance to give your 
Tolvanens and their Coonans and those guys some some experience in a push because like you said if they waste like a money push right now or like you know sell some pieces off to try to make it they're not going to they're not going to make it anywhere and the playoffs aren't as lucrative even if you do make it right there's no there's no fans all that bullshit so i don't i don't really see nashville buying even if they're in contention to be honest and that's i mean you bring up a good point is is you're not going to make a bunch of bunch of money usually playoffs are are straight profit but mm-hmm. you know what's it what's going to be it's going to be max 50% capacity for one round yeah. possibly or yeah. you're going to be in a bubble scenario where you're not even playing at home so like i don't even know where the reward is at this point other than maybe you sell a couple extra tickets next year because all of a sudden you were a playoff team again you know it's just oh man toll van and selling tickets all by himself right now i guarantee you yeah, that kid is so fucking great it's awesome I don't see a situation where the, the, the pros outweigh the cons versus like, you know, selling pieces and getting pieces back for later. Like if you could stock the cupboard on this pretty much broken season as it is, I just, I don't see, I don't see many pros here, but let's talk about streamers guys like Ellie Tolvanen, like we're saying another power play goal today. He's putting up hits. The shots aren't there per He's se. Still under yet, 40% but, owned. Um, Tolvanen is Why? a, Quality Why? over quantity kind of shooter. He fires him. Absolutely fires him. He's leading the team in points, uh, almost lapping the next player. Like he's got nine points. The next best is five over the last two weeks, four of which are power play points, 16 hits in his last eight games, two hits a game. Uh, the shot volume is not quite to two, but it is coming up a little bit. I, I mean, I don't, ha- I don't have a complaint for the kid. Line one, power play one. I wish he'd shoot more, but like I said, He's a quality over quantity kind of shooter. And man, this is like, this is without Forsberg too. Like that was the one thing I was worried about is he kind of like gelling with Forsberg on the power play and stuff like that. But it, he's not relying on anybody. This is, he's just really good. Luke Coonan's found his way uh, in his return here. Uh, yes. He's got four, four assists in his last four, nine shots, 16 hits in those four games. That's, yeah. That's tied a with Tolvanen, Fabro and Matthew Olivier. For, for lead and hits with Colton Sissons one hit behind. But man, I, br- I brought up Coonan last episode just as like a, uh, you know, maybe maybe this is a start of a conversation, but uh, I think what we landed on was that Coonan isn't getting the time on ice yet to justify a pickup. And it was it was more or less like a, like a hypothetical. How, how deep does a league need to be to pick this guy mm-hmm. up? Um, but I don't know. The, the production's there. I think he scored a goal today. So there's that. Has the Mikhail Granlin train it. left for the two of you? I don't know. I, I got him on here. He's try eligible. He's seven percent owned in Yahoo. Line two, power play one. Like the exposure's there. He's got four points in his last seven. I don't know. It's like it's it's one of those middle of the pack guys. There's there's more exciting options in Tolvanen, but if they're not available, I'd probably go Granlin over Kunin. That's for sure. I will agree with that. Unless the hits are attractive, but if. You know, I just personally don't like him, and there's no good reason for it. Now, I I don't totally disagree with you on that either. <laughs> I did no, I I'm did just drop cause... him actually today. Who's that? Grant. That'll happen. I was curious because I think Victor Arvidsson left the game today. He only played eight oh nine. You know, maybe an upper body injury, but he is thirteen percent rostered in ESPN. I think he's mm-hmm. like thirty four percent rostered. Yahoo, so he's somebody that's available. He's playing top line. The shot volume's always good. Hasn't been connecting 
too much lately, but you know, leading the team in shots over the last two weeks. He's got four points in his last eight. Power play two, line one. If he comes back, I mean, I don't mind like going on out on a limb and saying he could be a good option. But you know, there's just other totally. guys I like better, namely Tolvanen. In the in the similar thing to Carter, like he's a guy who even if he doesn't in a cats league, he's gonna shoot enough that at least you have that even if he doesn't get points, right? Like he's he's I think he's still top ten in shots. It's crazy, and probably like bottom ten in shooting percentage. It's yeah, just not <laughs> exactly. happening. I like Dante Frabo as well. Like he's he's contributing with hits and blocks, two hits, two blocks a game. Uh, the points I don't think they're too sturdy, but you know that's not that's not why we're picking them up. So just in terms of volume, let's talk about the Flyers. They are they're not scoring a bunch. They're not winning games or anything, but they're still playing five <laughs> they're games. Still this putting week. out a hockey team and and stepping on the ice. He'll be out there. It's better than Vancouver's do it, so I can't talk. Yes. <laughs> Definitely more valuable than Vancouver this week. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Joel Farabee has been getting dropped a lot. You know, he he played, you know, eight minutes that one game, and now he's back on the top line. He's 51% owned. I think he could be the best option out of Philly. Yeah, there's always Voracek, too, if you're big on assists. He loves those. Well, Um, when you're on a a line with Travis Connecting and Claude Giroux, you're going to have to be big on assists. Yeah. Scott Lawton, 14%. No. Tons of pims lately. He's he's hitting a lot. I'm hearing, I think it was on 31 Thoughts, that Scott Lawton is like this year's Barclay Gaudreau or Blake Coleman. Like somebody is going to want yeah. this guy for his grit. You know, so there's yeah. there's an off chance that he, he goes somewhere and is basically just a hits guy. So, I don't know. There's that yeah, to that think was, about. Uh, 31 Thoughts, I heard that. I, I love him in Philly. I think he likes being in Philly. Uh, I mean, Minnesota's got an okay schedule. They play a couple off nights, but they're both against Colorado. You know, surprisingly, those games are pretty even. So it's not like just a blowout. Colorado's going to win it. Colorado's a juggernaut, so I don't know. But, like, Minnesota in years past kind of has their number. So they, they've been a frustrating team for Colorado fans. What do you think about this one? And they, and they got two St. Louis games back-to-back, too. So Kakinen will get a game this week. I don't know. What do you think? Fiala's 49% owned. Lots of availability, especially considering how good they were doing for a while. I like Spurgeon's been been doing really well in, in terms of defense. I think Spurgeon's kind of the headliner of this one. Like Minnesota's got four games the rest of the season. The rest. Like every single week they got four games. And they have one of the, the better playoff schedules too. So like Spurgeon, somebody who's turned it on lately in Spurgeon fashion. This is what he does every year. Just randomly goes hot. Uh, he's doing it. He's he's on power play one for whatever that's worth. Like this is the worst power play in forty years, but you know, <laughs> yeah, the hits and blocks are there. He's got over one each game. Shots are pretty good, two a game. Uh, he's got three power play points in his last seven, so that's pretty uncharacteristic of Minnesota. But he's doing it. Two of them are goals. I also like Joel Erickson Eck too. Hard not to man. He's he's a he's a fun kid to watch. He, he's a fun kid to watch. He's he's on that top line right now with Kirill. Uh, Kaprizov, who we all know is fantastic and almost good for a point every single game. No, he's just damn good. He's playing with him. I, I love that young top line in general with Greenway, Eriksenek, and Kaprizov. Man, it is it's it's a fun line to watch. They're they've become a fun team to watch. I never thought I'd say that about the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> and I'm definitely down yeah. to pick up a, an an Eriksenek. On top of the fact that, dude. 
he's bringing the perifs too. Erickson Act brings the perifs in a big way. What, on the year he has, let's see, a block a game and two hits a game? I'm down for... for Joel, Joel Erickson Act just scored a goal. Nice. Two, and he assisted on the Kaprizov goal tonight. I'm watching that game. I just watched Fiala hit Marcheseau. Marcheseau didn't like it too much. Well, then that makes funny. me feel even better. Um, I do know that he's yeah. also right around 30% owned. Um, I've seen him on a ton of waiver wires. Joel Erickson Eck is definitely worth a look. Definitely. Cheek. Matt Dumba in just go check territory. He's he's what? He's 46% owned. Uh, always good for shots. Does a little bit of the hitting. And uh, no stranger to offense, so. He's he's been a little bit of a stranger recently. Yeah, <laughs> he's, but he's good. He's he's legit good. I would uh, uh, quality D streamer. I would say. Zach Montreal, you're gonna be happy here because Phil Dano is on a fucking tear. Yeah, I like dude. Phil Dano. Phil Dano is like, I know you do. He's like one of your one of your guys. Six points in his last four games. I can't remember if he got anything tonight, but like that top line is really, really, really clicking right now. Two for Josh Anderson. You know why, Zach? It's fucking time on ice. Hey, are you are you for finally Dano. coming around? Are you are you coming around? Well, I, I like I like me some time on ice, but it's Dano was playing. His season average is like twelve or thirteen minutes, but over the last ten games, he's up to like seventeen, eighteen minutes. Like he's playing actual minutes now. And shocker, he's playing good. Hell yeah. <laughs> because he's you good. Get some, you get some you know. TOI. Maybe, I think you need to get you some toys. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm glad that you brought up Philip Dano. Been on my radar a long time. It, it's the line. You you don't, you. I don't think that they should ever break up that line. I love it. I love it. Love me some Dano. Yeah, he's been a guy, no stranger to hits, you know, typically. Maybe not this year so much, but. I don't know, just a really weird year for him. So I don't, I don't know what to make of it. But he's streaking hot right now, so it's worth checking in on. I mean, Tatar is kind of back on it, on the same line. So that whole line's just clicking. I mean, Gallagher's got five points in his last four games. Dano's got four, six points. Tatar's got five. So, you know, when they're feeling it, they're feeling it. And right now they're feeling it. And I'll say this, too. Uh, Philip Dano, damn good at faceoffs. Yes. Damn good at faceoffs. You're in a faceoff so league. It's kind of like so, a, a dark horse selkie guy. Yeah, I mean, you, you you put the faceoffs out there with the points and you know and some perifs. Dude, I'm super down. Super down. Hey, did you notice for the first and probably only time this year, Weber's been outperforming Petrie for a couple of weeks. Petrie actually finally calmed down to being only really good. Can't say I've been enjoying it. Yeah, he'd actually, he chilled out a bit. Not that that's what we're talking More about. More like a Jeff that. Elite Tree. <laughs> oh. All right. All right we, How's that we, for his zinger? Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Who else do you guys like, Zach? <laughs> I, know you, I know you had like a, a first half of the week thing prepared. I'm curious who you like as like kind of just a first half of the week streamer. And then we can revisit on our uh, Tuesday show. Well, my main first half of the week streamer is definitely David Krejci. Who, like uh, I'm sure you guys brought up while the dogs were pooping, they're playing three out of the first four days with a back-to-back against Philadelphia on Monday and Tuesday. Dude, that's that's big time. Uh, On top of the fact that he is pretty widely available, he is getting those points, he is doing fantastic right now. 
I'm down, uh, unfortunately. As far as picking up streamers, I don't want to see it because I know what the score of the game is going to be. It's going to be like, you know, <laughs> seven to negative two. We're going to owe them if points. Ghost is out there. We're going right, yeah. to, they're going to do so bad. They're going to owe points. But yeah, <laughs> number one for me, it was David Krejci. I do like the, the Colorado look just because they, you know, they're playing on those off nights starting out in the week. I'll give you this one. They're good for a week pickup. So like a Samuel Gerard would be it would be a great look. And then as as far as some other ones, you know, Philadelphia is still getting the other half of that. Uh the other half of that back to back starting out. And I I love that. I love that. Back to backs to start out the week. And then lastly, my, my main big one was was Vegas as well. Uh, we already touched on them, but they're playing uh St. Louis twice. Uh St. Louis, I feel just from watching their games. Have you watched any of that game? The one that you were saying you didn't know if you wanted to watch? No, it's been straight. Like, this game's close. The Minnesota-Vegas one. We had a guy in our Discord. I don't know if either of you guys are watching this game, but it's Bally Sports. And they have the ticker at the bottom, which is just wildly frustrating. Like, the score and everything is at the bottom of the screen instead of the top where the stands are typically. Just just figure it out. Like, it, it blocks off the whole boards. I don't know. Figured out. In general, I just feel like the Blues are dropping like rock. They really are. I don't know what it is. I I don't think that that they're that great of a team. That's what I think it is. So if uh, Vegas plays them twice, uh, Monday, Wednesday, I'm super down. Um, in fact, I I like any team almost that's playing Monday, Wednesday. I like I like pickups for both Los Angeles and Arizona. There are a ton of guys always available on both of those teams. And I think those are going to be some decently high-scoring teams, especially with the fact that Arizona is just a gritty, choppy team. So, like, they're always getting into it with the other teams. They often make for high-scoring games. So it's a lot of those Monday-Wednesday games. But mainly, dude, go pick up anyone from Boston. Because anyone from Boston is pretty much going to, you know, be keyed in for a point, unfortunately. Just number one. Don't mind it. It's David Krejci. You so Krejci. (laughs) Uh, What do you think... Is your guys' streamer of the week? It sounds like Krejci for you, Zach. Yeah, I think they have a fantastic schedule. Obviously, just talked about the Philadelphia, but they're they're starting out on a back to back, and they're finishing on a back to back. Man, I wish this was like first week of playoffs, and and I had a bunch of Boston players. But dude, how yeah. can you not like that? So yeah, number one for me would be David Krejci. Starting on a back to back, and on a back to back, three of those games being against Philadelphia. And the other two against Washington, who who are usually just high-scoring games in general. Rod, you talked about the fact that you don't trust the Washington goalies. It's just the Washington offense that you're worried about. It's not the goalie. High-scoring games are good for fantasy, unless you have the goalie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about you, Rod? Who's your uh, forward streamer of the week? Well, unfor- like I, I want to say Tolvanen, but we've said him so many you times. You can still say him again. Uh, don't worry. I would... Okay, I want to say Tolvanen because he's just awesome <laughs> in every way that we've outlined in basically every episode for the last eight weeks, even though he's still under 40%. It's crazy. It's but one crazy. guy we didn't talk crazy. one guy we didn't talk about, one team I mentioned earlier was Edmonton, um, just for the front half of the week. And Pugliarvi is back on the top line, top power play. I don't like it. But if you want to maybe take a shot, he's got the uh, two against Ottawa. 
could be a could be a breakout week, and he hits a ton too. Um, so is more of a risky guy to maybe go for in the front half of the week. Three games in the first four nights, I believe, and then you could stream out somebody who plays uh, on the weekend. Oh, dude, and you know what? Adam Larson's only twenty eight percent in in uh, Yahoo. And for bangs, for blocks in particular, but he hits a lot as well. He is elite, elite in peripherals, and he's only 28% out. I'm having trouble putting together my – I mean, I, I like Krejci, but maybe I'll go Nick Ritchie. Philadelphia has been trash at penalty killing. Good chance they capitalize on the, uh, on the power play. And then, I mean, you got uh, Washington as well. And their, their penalty kill, it's average. So I don't know. I, I like the power play one exposure also filling up hits if you're in a peripheral league. So I think there's points to be had there. If you're in a points league, I think there's hits to be had in power play points. If you're in a cats league, I'll take Nick Ritchie D you know, Matt Grizzlick is there, but I, I talked about uh, Jared Spurgeon a lot too, as kind of a, a long-term hold at this point, just because Minnesota has four games every single week for the rest of the year. You know, that power play is starting to connect. So I wonder if, if, that's a thing that's going to continue but uh yeah i like spurgeon as my d pick uh since you're backing off a of grizz i will take some grit playing great like uh like we talked about i'm gonna double up on boston here with the two back-to-backs but grizzlick dude shooting shoot shot shots 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 and more shots and again i think i think to echo the sentiment that the power the penalty kill of philly is just not awesome and he's power play one quarterback <laughs> so smart move yeah Sounded Not like you were Larson. in on Larson, unless you didn't want to lock him in as a uh, week long D there, Raj. Week long D, I would I would lock in Larson, and if you could, it would be very difficult to do ownership wise. But if you could lock in Larson for the front half and then switch to Grizzlick uh, for the last for the weekend and get five games out of it. But I mean, Boston has five. Okay. Games. <laughs> I like Larson, uh, <laughs> so. but I do like. Larson, I think, is just more elite. I love those guys, especially at this time of year, who are legit going to win you a category. You know? Yeah. And Larson can do that. Fair enough. Good enough. That's it. That's it for uh, the week preview, guys. So that's it. We'll catch you for Tuesday. Maybe a little trends, maybe a little mailbag. So if you guys got anything for the mailbag, be sure to hit us up on Twitter or throw it in the Discord if you dig. So until then, guys, we love you. Love you. Love you.